Welcome to Anchored with Mike Robinson. As you listen today, you will discover what it means to have Jesus Christ as the anchor of your soul. Let's discover Him and find purpose today. Well, it's good to be with you as always today, friends, on Anchored with Mike Robinson. You know, I I have a message today that's really burning in my heart. It's called Keys to a Giant Victory. You know, victory is one of the things that I believe in uh, as a child of God, that God causes us to triumph, that as we stay in Him and as we stay anchored with Him, we'll see so many so many people in the Bible that it just, you know, it, it causes us to um, be encouraged by their faith. And I pray our faith would encourage you today. So um, as we look at this, it's 1 Samuel 17 and 17 to 51, and I'm reading in the New King James uh, Bible today. But it says, then uh, in verse 17, then Jesse said to his son, David, now Take now for your brothers a ephah of dried grain and these ten loaves and run your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their household and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Well, we know, uh, you know, we know by history that if David uh, would have been uh, at least 20 years old, he would have been in the military, in the army. But we know that he was a teenager. We know he was less than 20 years old, or he'd have been down there with his brothers at the battlefront. We, we know that his dad sends him to the battlefront as we set this up today. His dad sends him down with, um, you know, 10 cheeses. And I always just like to say he was a, he, uh, 10 cheese sandwiches. Um, if you can imagine that in, in today, that he, his dad's sending him down to check on his brothers. Um, we As I study this, I can see that when he said bring back word, of how they're how they fare, how they're doing. Um, many times they would bring back a message um, from the front, from the 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 people to see how how they were doing, or they would uh, bring back a lock of their hair or even a fingernail to show them, hey, my brothers are all right. But it says here in verse nineteen, it says, now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper. I love that. He never leaves the sheep alone. A good shepherd never leaves the sheep alone. And we know that our good shepherd, Jesus, never leaves us alone. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And take, he said, and he took these things and went to, as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army, and David left the supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran, uh, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. It says, then as he talked with them, there the champion of the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him, for they were dreadfully afraid. Now, if you've ever read this story, you know that, you know, Goliath's a giant and everyone's afraid of him. And uh, this man is, uh, you know, up up in uh, height, uh, you know, several feet taller. Uh, he's a giant, several feet taller than anybody uh, in the armies of Israel. In verse 25, it says, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and give the father's house an exemption from taxes in Israel. In verse 26, it says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for this man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? 
I love David's boldness here. He says, what do I get if I kill this giant? And what do I get? What do I get if I kill this giant and take away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, the first thing I want to look at today is um, if you're going to have a giant victory in your life, you've got to realize what David realized. You've got to have a covenant with God. David is a type of Jesus, and he illustrates something we need to understand, covenant. Covenant is, uh, I think, something that's taken too lightly in the world we live in today. You know, we, we took look at, uh, you know, over half of all marriages in America, they fail. They, they end up in divorce. Um, but, but David said that he, he, he was fighting on his basis of his covenant. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Well, we know anyone that wasn't circumcised did not have a covenant with God because that was a sign of Israel's um, covenant was their circumcision. So David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he can make us afraid? He has no covenant with God. He was really saying, Romans 8 in the New Testament, if God be for us, then who or what can be against us? How can this giant be against us? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. And Eliab, the oldest brother of David, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left these few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have not come down to see the battle. Um, you know, here's David's brother. And I, and I got to tell you something. As we go into this next point, the first thing you got to have is a covenant with God if you're going to have a victory, a gr- great victory. The next thing is you got to understand is that you're going to, uh, number two is you're going to have to win the war of words of what people say and of what people think. And here's David's own brother. Listen, it might be your own family members. It might be your friends. It might be people that you go to church with that they don't understand what it is that God has put in your heart. But I can tell you something, that when we understand that we have to battle the war of words, and sometimes even in these war of words, we can misunderstand what people are saying. We can take it as negative. We can be bombarded with words and take what they say the wrong way. But we see David's brother here really was angry. He was upset. It says his anger was aroused, and he was like, what are you doing here? And I can see an older brother doing this to a younger brother. What are you, what are you doing down here? I know your pride. He's trying to, he's trying, he, because he's embarrassed that he won't fight the giant. He gets angry at David. And there's, see, there's people that will be ashamed that they don't do what you're doing, that they don't stand up like you're standing up. And so they'll come against you for standing up. It's a fact that you've got to have a covenant with God, number one. And number two, you have to win the war of words. David has to win this war. We live in a world where our words are, are taken out of context so many times. Everybody's on being politically correct. And I'm, I'm sorry, but listen, I never want to offend anybody, but to walk around on eggshells all the time and, and thinking that we might hurt somebody, when we love people, we don't want to hurt anybody. But to understand that, that listen, as we live in this world, we're, there is a war of words. When it's all about words, when it's all about law, that means we have left the land of relationship. And we're not in we're not in relationship with we as we should be, or we can overlook some of the words that we say and look for people's hearts. You know, I, I just want to say this: if you're going to serve Jesus Christ, one hundred percent today, don't expect everyone to like you. I'm talking to somebody out there today. 
Not everyone's going to like you if you serve Jesus Christ 100%. Look at John 15, verses 18 to 19 in the New King James. It says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. If, if Listen, if people aren't into Jesus, they're going to come against you. They're going to come against your words. They're going to come against your actions, your identity. They may even, you know, call you names, call you ugly. They may try to get into your head with what they say. It may bother you when you lay down at night, the words that they say. If you let them, they're going to bother you. And Eliab, Eliab was David's own brother. I mean, sometimes it's the people closest to us. It's hard to deal with the war of words that we go through. But we're going to have to be strong and stay anchored in Jesus in this hour to win a giant victory. You know, you got to win the war of words in your head, in your ear. You got to guard your heart. Proverbs 4 says that we should guard our heart. You got to guard your heart so words don't get in and try to destroy you. A lot of people quit because of what people say about them or say to them. And we have to get a thicker skin than that. We have to allow the Lord to, uh, to purify us and to get us to the place where we're secure in our own identity at what people say about us. Don't bother us. You know, again, if they hate Jesus, they're going to hate me. They're going to hate you. And in verse 29, when we go back to this account of David, it says in verse 29, David said, what have I done now? He said, is there not a cause for me to be here? Listen, friends, there is a cause, a cause for us to rise up against evil in this world. You know, Mark Hankins said this. I love this quote. He said, your cause must be greater than your comfort and your purpose greater than your pleasure. Um, if you want to be miserable, just think about yourself all the time. If you want to think about what you want and about what you like and about what people, how people ought to treat you and about what they think about you. And if you want to be, um, if you want to be miserable, go ahead and think that way. But if you want to be happy, start serving others out of a pure heart and start serving God with all your heart. And you'll find out that you'll feel better. Paul said in first Timothy one and 12, he said, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Um, you got to have a cause if you're ever going to do something. You know, one statistic I saw about this generation is very encouraging. It says they will get behind a cause. Wow, we need to get them saved so that they can get behind the cause of Christ. Verse 30, it says, then he turned to him and or then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Look, the war of words, look how many times we go through the word said and word here and words. When, when David has to fight this war of words, it's a continual bombardment. Verse 31, it says, now when the words which David spoke were heard. They reported them to Saul and sent them for him. And then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail him because your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. The war of words, David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when the lion and the bear came, he took the lamb out of the flock 
And, and I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and killed it. He said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail and David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David, David took them off. The fourth thing that I want to share with you today is don't go to battle without tested faith. Peter, or I'm sorry, David did not try that armor of Saul, so he couldn't go into battle with someone else's uh, armor. He had to have what was tested and tried in his life. Um, we, we see that it's not just our faith that is important to God. It's the genuineness of our faith. It's the, it's, he says that the, your, your faith is more precious than gold. Um, it's the genuineness of your faith. It's the faith that's tried and tested that God, um, that God delivers you, uh, through and we understand that we there's things that we go through that try our faith. They try us to the very core. They that it, it could be our covenant with God. It could be the war of words. It could be um, these things that come against us that come against our faith that tr- get, try to get us to stumble. But I say today, friends, don't grow weary in doing good. Keep the faith. You understand. You have a covenant with God. If God is for you today, who can be against you or what can be against you? I encourage you today to walk worthy of the call of God, to walk in covenant with God, to walk understanding your covenant with God, be a covenant keeper with God, get the, get the, the words that come against you. I pray that they would fall to the ground and I pray that you would press past the words. I pray that you would be able to talk back to the words that are trying to take you down today, friends. And I pray that um, you will be forever changed by your covenant with God. Thanks for tuning in today. You can find us at anchorchurch.live. Please let us know you're listening by filling out the digital connection card on our website. Again, that's anchorchurch.live. Remember, stand firm, stay anchored to Jesus, and you will weather any storm.